In that case, hello, Internet. Uh, we are doing a little bit of a different thing today. Uh, Matt and I are on the line with uh, Dennis Detwiller. Uh, say hello. Hey, how's everybody doing? So uh, Dennis is uh, pretty uh, pretty well known for uh, being part of the uh, you know co co uh, creator of uh, Delta Green and uh, working with Pagan Publishing and uh, doing a whole ton of other awesome stuff. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you you don't know you know. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's 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 certainly a legacy to leave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah uh we just wanted to get a chance to talk with you a little bit about um some of the stuff you're working on right now uh you know uh shoot the shit about delta green that sort of thing sure. um yeah just uh give us a rundown what are you excited about at the moment uh well uh delta green has always you know been a huge obsession of mine um i think we we started writing it like 94 or something mm-hmm. like that um so uh it's always been a labor of love and it, it kind of reached a point where it's taken off and people, uh, people use it to kind of ubiquitous, ubiquitously describe the modern mythos. Uh, they don't, you know, it's become kind of interchangeable with that. Um, so we really wanted to kind of update it and make our, make it its own game, uh, and kind of redesign sanity and make it much more about the personal destruction of an agent. Um, and less about like roll 1d100. Now you're a kleptomaniac, you know? Uh, yeah, exactly. So, so that's kind of where we went with that. Uh, and we have a, a Kickstarter underway right now uh, for Delta Green, the role playing game. Yes, that is. Yeah, kickstarter.com, uh, Delta Green, the role playing game. We'll have a link to that uh, certainly sure. in the show comments. Um, so uh, I know the progress on Delta Green has, has been pretty significant. Um, we, uh, we've got full, uh, player agent handbooks, um, yep. kind of going out as betas and, and that sort of thing. Yep. Cool. Uh, yeah. So, uh, we, we went into this kind of having re, uh, you know, pre-written the agent's handbook. Um, we didn't want to kind of show up and not have anything to ship immediately. Right. So we did all the art, we have all the writing, we're collating and laying it out and then it'll go to press pretty shortly. Fantastic. Um, so yeah, I mean, um, uh, there's been a lot of talk about uh, <coughs> over the entire course of, of developing a Delta Green role-playing game of, of what's new and, and different in, in this kind of new world of Delta Green. But um, what's uh, what's kind of important to you about the update of Delta Green? Like, where where is your obsession turning? Sure. Well, most? you know, my, my heart uh, for Delta Green is, uh, at its core, I really believe Delta Green is where Lovecraft would have taken hmm. its mythos. Um, you know, he, he had people with the highest technology fighting the mythos, you know, they, they torpedo Innsmouth, they <laughs> raid it with Marines and they get absolutely nothing out of it. They don't understand it. Yep. Um, and we, we just literally wanted to carry that forward, um, into the modern world and, uh, our agents launch into the dark with every piece of tech they can possibly have. And it's not going to make any difference. It's actually all about the destruction of humanity in the face of an impossible enemy. And the best you can do is just put off the destruction one more day. You'll never win. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of where my heart's at. Fantastic. 
I'm, I, I know on my end, I, I really one of the thing that I most appreciate about Delta Green. I think this is kind of shared all over the uh, all over the community. Is just the 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 struggle against futility. It, it really yeah. uh, and just finding those human moments in in wherever you can and yes. the tiny bits of success. Yes, it's it's the only game I've ever kind of run where people begin to consider the impact on their characters' families. And it's just I, I've run a ton of games that you know superheroes and all this other kind of stuff, and it never really comes back to you know if I die in a warehouse here, completely <laughs> outside of my jurisdiction, what is my wife going to think, uh, and how is that going to impact my son's college career? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of and one of the interesting new things. Um, since mm-hmm. I I was at the uh, Delta Green panel at Gen Con, and we got the uh, the basic rundown, um, and as well as the Quick Start guide. And cool. it's one of the things that I one of the things that I actually like is that um, in the previous one, which was just an adaptation of Call of Cthulhu, which was mm-hmm. you know has been just kind of building on itself since the eighties. Um, yeah. There was sort of this. Um, there was a way for. Uh, families and relationships and that kind of thing to be there, but there wasn't any reason to have it. And I kind of like that the I like that the 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 actual new Delta Green actually has um, actually has mechanics to dictate relationships and ways that that can help your sanity, um, ways yeah. that that can actually degrade over time as you're fighting yeah. with the mythos. Yeah, you you literally use your your family and your closest friends as a shield against the insanity that is the mythos, and they crumble under that. Ugh, your relationship with them is destroyed as you, you know, fight to save your son, or uh, you know, go and kill the cultists uh, illegally to make sure they don't summon Cthulhu in Detroit or something. <laughs> uh, and you're, you're imagining how this might impact your family and you're just, you're ruining your family at the same time because you can't tell them what you're doing. They can never find out the truth. And it's just, it's, it's an awful feedback loop. And it's, uh, it's so brilliant. I can't wait to see how it plays out. Oh, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I was gonna say, uh, wh- what are the speaking of you know uh, summoning Cthulhu in in Detroit? Not that I think that would really hurt the city all that much. <laughs> might might improve a few things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what uh, you know, kind of the the new direction for Delta Green. Um, obviously, they're going to be butting up against um, you know some new new conflicts. You know, the Karatekia are are kind of usually around and and uh all the stuff from targets of opportunity is still there along with whatever majestic 12 is turning into i think majestic Mm -hmm. 12 actually got rolled into something else yes well well there's there's some there's some interesting changes with delta green i mean there are literally two groups now there are there's the old guard the conspiracy that refused to come in from the cold Mm -hmm. and then when the war on terror broke out there's the official code word operational delta green that is uh Catch as catch can, but funded. Um, they're much more like Majestic Twelve. They they're called in on supernatural events and they raid. They the 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 watchword of our writing that portion of the game is be careful what you wish for, <laughs> uh, because getting a Hellfire missile sounds great. Um, it's really not. Doesn't yeah. Really make any difference? Uh, so you can play on either side, and sometimes you might not even know which side you're on. Um, so it's 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 a tough one. Yeah, certainly. Uh, having having a drone air cover doesn't help so much when the uh, the drone pilot has to roll his sanity check from Utah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the hell is that thing? Yeah, that's, that's no good. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, no, and that's and that's fascinating. I, I really uh, I, I really like the uh, the play up of um, you know especially especially with uh, kind of the aftermath of um, uh, what uh, what was the the novel that came out a couple of years ago? Sure, it's called Through a Glass Darkly. Yes, uh, Through a Glass Darkly. Thank you. Yeah, and that that's basically the end the end of Majestic Twelve and the beginning mm-hmm. of the new Delta Green. Uh, Forrest James, the former Delta Green operative who was kind of brought into Majestic, takes it over. And it becomes much more of a let's let's hunt the baddies, yeah, uh, and less a you know corrupt agency using the baddies. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he he is somewhat neutral towards Delta Green, the old cowboy operation, but he still tries to bring everybody in. Cool. Um, one of the things that uh, I was always I, I always had interesting feelings on is the. Uh, the the existence of but but almost lack of uh, a, an actual meta plot to the Delta Green universe. Yeah. Um, it, are are we going to be seeing more of that sort of thing where players can sort of fill in how it goes for themselves, or is there more of a structure to it this time around? No, it will be identical to the previous Delta Green. I mean, it will continue forward, obviously. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, there will be. Uh, movers and shakers and things that have occurred in the interim and, and players can add or change as they like uh just like they did previously i mean sure. there is no there is no official like you know on may 1st 2015 this is going on in right Chicago. there's no yeah no yeah explicit canon for those sorts yeah of things. yeah and you know we encourage people to build their own as well uh yeah. in the jams book we have uh kind of a breakdown of all the uh, historical eras of Delta Green uh, hmm. from the 1940s up and kind of what those campaigns might be like and how to build a campaign there. Um, so. Fantastic. Um, let's see, Matt, do you have anything that you wanted to bring up while I think of some things to talk about here? Um, I mean, oh yeah, that uh, one thing that was interesting. I, I like the uh, I like also the new um, the new kind of downtime mechanics mm-hmm. um, that there's that uh, that there's the multiple different paths of like you you do the you do the thing that you're assigned to do uh, during yes. your off time, but then you can also go off the beaten path, uh, talk to your family, go talk to your yep. psychologist, go ruin your psychologist <laughs> by telling him the truth about what you did. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's 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 neat. It, it what we really want is to um, mechanize the reality of what the situation would be, so people get away from, you know, and and some people will play it this way, but we don't want Delta Green to be a cartoon. We don't want it to be Shield. Sure, um, right. We you know, oh, we love Shield. Okay. <laughs> it's really fun. It's just this is not what this is about. This is about kind of human destruction. Yeah, like, Shield. Shield is very rarely desperate. Yeah, uh, you know, and even even. More recently, they're trying to make it more conspiracy, and you know, it's very cool. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely watched the Winter Soldier and had some yeah. had some Delta Green vibes the yeah, entire it was awesome. time. It was, it was very uh, cool. I love that stuff, so don't get me wrong. It's just mm-hmm. uh, Delta Green is much more about um, I got to get my brakes fixed, and then we have to go get rid of that body. <laughs> uh, and you know, and I wonder after kind yeah, of, yeah after running over the body with the yeah. car. Yeah, you know, and he gets back up, and oh my god, you know, like, mm-hmm. so it's, it's, it, we want it above all to be set in the real world, mm. um, and that, that makes everything way more scary. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I know the, uh, while the, the, the tech for, um, you know, uh, weapons and, and ways to fight has increased, um, 
what have you noticed in in kind of playing out games and 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 the way that new delta green runs that uh the world of communication that we have now kind of how do, how does that play out in in delta green the role playing game yeah it, yeah i mean like um the best example i was having a, a conversation on the delta green mailing list which is by the way a really awesome mm. mailing list with very high signal to, to noise ratio. <laughs> yes. like it's, it's almost always good content, which always manages to amaze me every time I'm there. Yeah. Um, basically, some running for yeah, quite a while. Yeah, 20, 20 years or so. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what amazed me is, you know, a couple of people were saying, like, well, there's so much information capturing devices out there. Like, this all would have gone public. And, you know, and my, my counter argument is, like, it, you would have a video of a hunting horror or attacking a SUV and within 20 comments there'd someone be you know on YouTube would be shopped <laughs> and then like 30 other people would link to a VFX reel that looks something like it yep and you know it'd be like yeah this is a promo for uh you know some new horror movie that's coming out next year yeah the next district uh, 9 movie exactly. yeah it's just it's we are so hardwired to ignore <laughs> anything that falls outside of certain spectrum that the minute you show it everybody's going to assume something um so I, i'm not super i'm not one of those guys who's super worried about the tech impacting that i mean lovecraft had you know guys with radios flying triplanes to the middle of antarctica and snapping photos of basalt mountains right you know that that was the equivalent of him running around with an iphone in 19 you know 28 yeah. um and honestly i i don't see a huge impact um we had cell phones back in the 90s. There's always a fun way to make them really miserable <laughs> using that technology. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, definitely so, will happen. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I'm all for the collection and looking at, like, uh, certainly be easier to look up occult information. Like, someone find me something about the glass weaver from Thailand in 1963 and someone's wicked. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, Google, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, my God, okay. Here's what we got to do, and, you know, Let's hope that's right, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. It leads to great game moments. So. Yeah, I was gonna say, has that has that sort of streamlined some of the investigation processes, or is yeah. it is it still a lot of just the you skulk in a place and and watch the cultists go in and out of a of their hideout? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a little bit of both. I mean, when I run, um, we have a scenario called Music from a Darkened Room, which is kind of a I wanted to write a classic haunted house scenario. Okay, and uh, it's basically you know it's a house that eats people and <laughs> the agents kind of get drawn into figuring out how to wake it. Um, and you know, they, they, we had guys in rooms walking around, they stayed on the cell phone with each other as they kind of split up to see if there would be manifestations. And, you know, I just kind of took over the phones. Uh, so they just start saying things that are just completely inaccurate. And the agents were just totally buying it. Like they were just like, well, it's a cell phone, you know, he's talked, that's Claude. He's talking to me from, the dining room it was like, no, Claude's unconscious in the bathroom, and you know he's he's telling you to do stuff, and it's helping the house, but it's not Claude. And then you find him, and you're like, oh my god, how long has he been unconscious? What's going on? That's so it's, it's really it's yeah. really fun. And I think um, that's a um I think that's a thing that um one of our other podcast members, Travis, has been doing like a ph has been like I think he's working on his PhD now, and part of it involves horror literature. And that's a that's an it's an interesting development like that that you're talking about where um 
the 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 way that tech that improved technology and improved communication affects the modern world is that it just yeah. creates a it creates a different uh, at least in horror it creates a different version of the unreliable narrator where we yeah, have yeah, exactly. we have this yeah. between like between cameras and cell phones and other things there are these devices that we have put our trust in that can perfectly recreate an image and yep. if they don't we yeah. assume that they're trying to <laughs> yeah yeah totally yeah i mean that's kind of how i look at them i look at them as a marvelous uh tool for horror and i, I don't you know i guess i guess the core conceit here that gets lost on some uh some people who don't like these kind of games. So it's always very strange when they get kind of drawn to Delta green. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're the guys who want like jetpacks and <laughs> you know, like they, they win every fight and they slowly accrue power until they're like, I'm level 900. And I, you know, like we always end up with a couple of those guys and it's always a really hard conversation to have because they're nice guys usually. Yeah, but they're, kind of, it's, they're there to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. But like when you're kind of like the rules are here to illustrate how bad a chance you have. They're mm-hmm. not here to show you how good a chance you have. Like you're probably going to die and you're probably going to die insane if, if you're not extremely careful. <laughs> um, and you know, it's a tough sell to some, but those who kind of love that stuff, we get a real, I, like I I've been in very few games where I actually get scared. Mm-hmm. And when I play with, you know, Scott Glancy or he can frighten me, Blair Reynolds can frighten me. They, they, they do stuff, they say stuff, and I'm just like, oh, crap. Uh, you know, and, and it, like a good horror film. Um, so it's, it's really nice. Cool. Um, I was, I was going to say, what's, uh, what are you most excited about mechanically uh, in the game? Um... Sure. Um, I, you know, I love the Bonds. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's just a great idea of having a mental mental sanity shield. Uh, I really love that idea. Um, but my all time favorite is Greg Stoltz's uh, kill damage mechanic. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was kind of the thing that jumped out to me uh, really, yeah. really vividly when I first read the book. Yeah. Um, and it really, it really complies to a rule. I think, you know, Greg, me and Greg were talking about this like two years ago where I was like, I want a situation where I can, a gun can come out and I can accidentally shoot the Navy seal in the face and he's just dead. Uh, or I drop a Tomahawk missile on a 12 story hotel and one guy walks out with no arm, but is still alive. And he's like, yeah, I probably can come up with something that works. (laughs) And he did, you know, it's great. It, It just seems extraordinarily dangerous. And the greatest thing about those rules I can say is in maybe all the play tests I've done with them, uh, the second time anybody gets into a gunfight is completely different than the first time. Ooh. So the first time they get into the gunfight, they start acting like old RPG, like, well, this turn, I'm going to do this. And the second time they're like, I have no idea what's going to happen. Disengage, disengage. disengage. <laughs> yeah. That was a, that was the thing that uh Glancy was saying that um, since there's now actual like covering fire mechanics that actually, yeah. Um, that actually cause like real effects. Players aren't just going to be like under suppression and just try and run for it because oh, no. there's something yeah. that actually reflects that somebody is throwing a wall of bullets at you. Yeah, no, it's extraordinarily dangerous. And I, I mean, I don't know the total number. It's probably between ten and twelve. Uh, ten to fifteen agents have just caught a bullet, um, and and in not not a good way. Like. Just, you know, I step out in the street, you're hitting the neck, you're dead. And it's just the other guys are like, oh, my God, like, 
So it's, it gets great reactions. And, um, when people do stupid things, they end up in really bad situations very fast. Yeah. Consequences um, are, are very real. Yeah. It, it, it's much less a mechanical dance where you're like, and now I take cover and then I shoot three times and then, you know, it's, it's, it's seriously like, we got to get out of here. That's every fight, <laughs> um, which is really good. Uh, that's what it should be. Yeah. Uh, I, I definitely appreciate the, uh, the the move towards that sort of uh, old espionage uh, movie vibe of yeah. if a gun comes out the characters will either the movie is either about to end or the characters <laughs> are going to die yeah it's it's a very bad situation anyway you, you kind of cut it so. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um let's see uh kind of moving beyond Delta Green um tell us a little bit about the the game you mentioned that you're working on uh, oh. some of your personal work. Yeah, uh, this isn't really personal. I, I work at Hairbrain Schemes. I don't know okay. if you know who those guys are. I'm, sure, the desi- sure. I'm the design director over there, so we we do hits like um, Shadowrun Hong Kong, the RPG, CRPG you can buy on nice. Steam. Uh, and we're currently kickstarting BattleTech, which is another big. Uh... Wait, <laughs> seriously? Yeah. Oh my god! I just had a, a, a my my little nerd heart just uh, kind of seized up for a moment. <laughs> That's great. That's uh, awesome. I did not know about that. Yeah, it's doing really well, and uh, it's up on Kickstarter now as well. And I would highly recommend getting in there to kick in because we love these games. And mm-hmm. even better, our fearless leader is Jordan Weissman, the creator of MechWarrior. No way. Yeah, he created Shadowrun as well. Oh so it's coming back home, basically, Battletech, just that's, like Shadowrun did. Um, that's amazing. I, I I was very, very sad when FASA closed its doors. and yeah. Yeah, we're all really bummed, but you know, most of most of the good bits are uh, running out of hairbrain schemes now, so that's really cool. And um, uh, last year, I pitched a game to Jordan, and uh, he was kind enough to greenlight it. It's called Necropolis. Um, hmm. It's a third-person action roguelike. So uh, if you ever played the game Rogue or um, uh, Ang Band, uh, it's that, but uh, with Dark Souls style combat. Okay. Uh, it's it's completely random every time. It's an endless dungeon with tons of monsters. Awesome. Uh, um, it should be out later this year. Uh, it's been uh, out in the wild at PAX and PAX East. One game of the show uh, at PAX East. Um, so yeah, it's coming along really well. Uh, we're we're grinding on that. Um, it's basically an endless interchanging dungeon run by a mad magical intelligence called Brazen Head. Um, and the adventurers who die in there run the infernal machines that keep this place going. It was once a giant museum oh my God. of all, all the magic items in one world, all the creatures, all the monsters. And the, the creator, Abraxas the Archmage, went through a door to go like make worlds or something. No big whoop. Um, and he, he just never came back and the whole place kind of fell into ruins. So the, the brazen head is desperately trying to clean up before his boss returns. <laughs> so all the adventurers who enter uh, either help him out, like return the sword of a skier to level two, please. Um, or he tries to murder them horribly. Um, and it's, it's, it's fun. We're having a really good time making it right now. So. Uh, that, that sounds fantastic. I, I know a fair few of us who, uh, that that scratches a lot of itches in cool. in our uh, in our our aesthetics. Cool. Uh, you can check it out at necropolisgame.com and check out the play video. And it's got a really amazingly cool uh, art direction to it, and um, everything looks like I can't even explain it like folded paper. Um, it's it's beautiful. Um, the art director is just incredible, incredible at what he does, and we're really excited about it. So. 
check it out. Uh, and besides that, working on BattleTech and also the Shadowrun mini campaign for Hong Kong. Right. Um, and uh, you know, we got a couple other projects boiling there. Uh, things are kind of firing on all cylinders over at Hairbrain. So. Fantastic. Well, cool. we will. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely keep an eye on on all that. And uh, I I know that we will definitely be uh, playing Necropolis on our Let's Play channel when that comes out, and we can get awesome. our hands on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, besides that, um, I'm writing um, uh, three fiction books and <laughs> doing a bunch of uh, paintings uh, and. I do, I do way, way too many things. I was, uh, I was gonna say, my follow-up question to all of that is, when do you sleep, or have I, you just evolved beyond the need for it in, <laughs> in kind of your eldritch domain? I, my, my father um, has passed on a wonderful and horrible gift. Like when I was a child, <laughs> I would get up at four in the morning and he'd be watching Bonanza. Uh, <laughs> you know, he would, he had gone to bed at like normal time and woken up at four, and it slowly has slid back the older oh. he gets. Oh no. So um, I'm very much uh, starting to feel that. About 36, I started to not sleep so much. Mm -hmm. And uh, I get up at maybe 4.30 and I draw and write for until 8. Um, so I get in a good chunk of work in the morning before I even go to work. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, so it, it, it helps. Um, you gotta, you know, if you sit down and you do 2,000 words, you can chunk out a book pretty darn quickly. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to say, can you tell us a little bit about the uh, the books that you're writing? Sure. Um, I'm writing uh, one book, uh, which is untitled, is about the end times. Okay. Um, so it's it's a uh, – I wrote a short stint of it up on my website. Um, uh, basically, it posits the end times, the human end times, as parties begin to kind of break out hmm. uh, on the edges of human cities uh, being thrown by older people. And those people become violent and drunk and – um, and they start to, they, they call them rebels and these people are literally being dragged off by the police and hmm. sedated and they refuse to return to their lives. People just start drifting into these parties um, and they start killing each other and eventually things start breaking down. So it's, it's about the end of humanity uh, before the return of the great old ones. So Jeez. the classic Lovecraft quote is, um, uh, you know, man becomes as the great old ones laughing and reveling in joy. Uh, you know, so basically the idea is like, uh, 90 some odd percent of humanity loses its mind over a 10 year period hmm. uh, without any monsters or anything. It's just uh, that. So it's yeah. from the point of view of one of the same ones. Um, doing that one, uh, I'm writing a large history book, which is called There Were Giants in Those Days, hmm. um, which is a uh, based on my RPG Godlike. I don't know if you know anything about that. Yes, um, we, so we are very familiar. Um, so it's it's written as if this was all extremely real. Um, it's a time life book, basically, saying, like, you know, here's the history of the airman in Germany in pre-1936, as if this was all really boring <laughs> and just completely mundane. Like, you would pick this up in the world of Godlike in the 1980s and read it uh, because you were interested in World War II. Um, and I have about, I don't know, 200 pages of that done, but it's it's daunting. Yeah, it um, sounds fantastic, though. Oh, cool. Yeah, no, I have a bunch of it shared up on my website. Mm. Um, and uh, I have, oh, um, trying to think. Uh, the, uh, the last thing I'm writing is uh, Impossible Landscapes, which is Delta Green, King and Yellow campaign, um, and which we hope to hit the goal on. Um, otherwise, we can't afford to put it out. Uh, and that's, that's in the Kickstarter right now. That's something we're really pushing for at 180000 we will release a PDF of this, and basically, it's the Haster Mythos 
as an ongoing campaign for Delta Green. Yeah. Um, and I would love to do that. Uh, so. Yeah, no, that that sounds absolutely fantastic. Uh, and I've I've been trying to uh, throw something together like that. I mean, we all watched uh, uh, True Detective. Yeah, yeah, season one, and yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it was basically Delta Green, so mm-hmm. we were really happy with it. Um, uh, and, oh, and I'm writing um, uh, a horror screenplay called Lithic. Oh, cool. Which is based on a short story that was in uh, Shotguns versus Cthulhu. Uh, <laughs> Right. So, so yeah. Uh, besides that, uh, just a lot of painting. Awesome. That that's absolutely fantastic. And uh, I mean, it sounds like this is going to be good good year for you. And uh, and yeah, next year is going to be pretty exciting too. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of work ahead, but um, I love this stuff. So, and pretty much everything I'm working on, I love. Fantastic. So feel, feel pretty lucky. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I think uh, that's probably gonna do it um one one last question i, I want to want us to leave on a pretty cool note uh sure. what's the uh what's the craziest scene or or, or thing that agents have done in in play testing the new delta Green <laughs> campaign like what's what stands out best to you um let's see uh i will i mean my all-time favorite stuff was with you know the pagan boys sure um we always played the game like this so uh, i think the scenario i ran I ran a scenario called A Night on Owl's Head Mountain, which right. is about, about kind of a crazy old coot who's a mortal living on the mountain who's trying to kill people. And, and basically the agents decided, okay, we're going to blow this guy up. So, which is the classic agent's plan, just not a good idea. Uh, on the downs, yeah. on, the, on the upside, they had a bomb expert. So I figured they had a pretty good chance. Uh, and they, the bomb expert was you know, smart enough to go, okay, you guys go leave the room. I'm going to try and wire this up. And basically he rolled a 99 and like blew his left arm off and, and, you know, lit the hotel on fire. And, and, uh, so Glancy came running back in and fireman carried this guy out. The guy died in the car. He bled out in the car, basically, you know, his arm unclenched and he just started spewing all over the place. So they have a car covered in blood with a dead FBI bomb expert, uh, like way out of their jurisdiction. (laughs) They just announced their presence to the local sheriff the hotel they were staying in is on fire, covered in blood, um, and and they get they drive out to a lake, and Glancy's like, I gotta get rid of this body. Like, <laughs> so so he's he's there, and he's like he's he's like, okay, so I get rid of the body. I'm like, no, it's you know, you tell me what you do, and then we'll, we'll talk about that. And he's like, oh god damn it. So so he's, he's he had to go to the hardware store and kind of. He, he, he basically covered himself up very carefully. He was very meticulous. I give him credit. Mm-hmm. He was like, okay, I wash my hands. I take my jacket off. Give me your jacket and gets the other guy's jacket. And, you know, goes to the hardware store uh, and uh, covers the backseat of the car in a sheet and, and goes inside, gets a hacksaw and an awl and like chains and cinder blocks. And, and he comes back and he, we spend maybe a uh, half an hour of game time negotiating oh what's going to go on. And this is his good friend. So, so he's, he's losing sand points every time he's doing anything. And eventually he realizes he has to punch holes in the chest of the, oh my God. the victim to make it sink. Otherwise, it's just going to float. And so he's like, he's taking like 1D4 sand every time he hits the body. And, and he's crying and freaking out. And then they meet with the sheriff and he's basically having a, like a prolonged nervous breakdown when they meet with the sheriff about the fire. Though. And, and it was just great. It, it was, it's exactly what Delta Green should be. He's, they're like, where's your friend? And he just starts laughing. 
<laughs> and, and I was just like, oh, okay, let's figure out what the sheriff's going to do with this. But it was great. It was just fantastic. And that's kind of like, those are the moments we want. That's why the game was built the way it was built. That's that's utterly fantastic. I can't wait to I can't wait to have the the agent walk into the <laughs> hardware store with a shopping list of how do I get rid of a body? Yes, yes, it's it's job, you know, like you got to do it. Uh, you can't have uh, the FBI breathing down your neck. Neck, they'll find the the crazy uh, immortal man on the mountain. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to take him out. Uh, they finally got him. <laughs> That's the that's the scenario that I guess spoiler alert that's the one that has uh, dark young yes all over the mountain like you walk yeah. into the forest and you die pretty much yeah that that was fantastic that's just one dark young okay there's only one and um, it was basically an illustration of several things one that the dark young have an, they have an int of fifteen um, which people don't really think about when you see slavering maws and stuff so this this dark young was doing things like hurting them towards deadfalls oh god. And, you know, like basically chasing them in a particular direction so they fall off a 25-foot cliff. And then when they hit the ground, it'll just pick at them for a little while and have fun. Um, and that, that totally happened. But the other one was it's it's there to keep people off the mountain. That's what it was summoned to do. So right. it, murdered, it murdered one of the agents instantly, just took his head off. And the second one, which was Clancy, it pinned him down and pissed all over him. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and this piss was like chlorine and like basically it ate through his clothing and, oh my God. Skin. and he's on the ground screaming and this thing's roaring and then it just let him go. And he was like, we're never, ever going up on that mountain again. Like nobody should ever. And that's exactly what the dark young's goal was. So it, it all made sense in retrospect. It's just kind of, he was like, I was expecting something different. So I was <laughs> expecting it to exert dominance over me. Yes. Yes. It was really funny. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> All right, uh, that's that's fantastic. Uh, all right, so uh, I, I guess uh, give give the people uh, tell the people where they can uh, find you and find everything that uh, you're doing right now, and then sure. we'll toss some links in the show notes. Yeah, so you can find us at arcdream.com, or you can find me at deppullerdesign.com, mm-hmm. um, or delta-green.com. That's the that's the old uh, pagan website, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. It'll, it, we st- we own all that now, mm-hmm. so it's it's all under the same management. Uh, Fantastic. Um, and yeah, if you go to the Kickstarter now um, and you put in as little as a dollar, you'll gain access to pretty much uh, all the playtest rules. Um, but we could use your help, agents, because uh, if we hit 180k, we get that big new campaign, and that would be awesome. Yeah, getting getting close. Yeah, we're not too far. 20k away. Yep. That's awesome. All right. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, thank you for coming on and talking with us. And uh, that's a ton of things that I am now super excited for cool. uh, that I didn't know were going on. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and again, thank you so much. No, no. Thanks for taking the time. And um, yeah, just let me know when this is going to go up and we'll we'll trumpet it far and wide. Sounds good. All right. Cool. Uh, I guess uh, good night, Internet. OK. Good night, guys. Good night.